plan, if you'll take that and apply that to the general budget for the months of June and July at least, um, we have done very well with reducing our, our debt. We've done a great job with that, but it's always a balancing act, and I think uh, at this point we need to kind of rebalance the ship a little bit, and if we can uh, do, those, do the, that one thing for the next uh, month or two, uh, we would appreciate that, and I think we'll be in, in good stead. Also, let me call to your attention, some of you know this, um, uh, many of you may not because we're just beginning to, to talk about that. We are considering here at Community Baptist Church uh, to, to share space, to host, basically, the Boys and Girls Club. It has not started here in, in Henderson yet, but they're looking to start a Boys and, Glo- and Girls Club here in Henderson in August of, of uh, 2019, and they're looking for a place uh, to, to start. And they're looking at our facility here because we have a great facility for uh, Boys and Girls Club. We have basketball goals. We have a gymnasium. We have a, a place where kids can run and, and get off some steam and, and run off some energy. And, uh, and they're looking to, to share this space for probably two to three years while they're getting started and while they're raising funds to build a building of their own. And so we're just looking into that at this point. We're in the talking phases. Um, but along those lines, on July the 15th, we're going to have a potluck after dinner. I mean, after dinner. I get, we eat a lot, don't we? Yeah, it's just on my mind. <laughs> We're going to have a have a potluck after dinner. That's a lot of you. Have a potluck after church on July the 15th, and then we'll have an informational meeting uh, that comes along with that. I, I guess at the end of the potluck, we'll we'll share time of of just uh, sharing some inf- information that we have. Uh, the people that are trying to uh, get this set up here in Henderson will be here uh, to answer any questions that we have, and that may that probably will precipitate some more questions that you you may develop. So please, if you have questions, share them with me. I may not have the answer to it, but I can I can put it on the on the list to get answers for. Um, and and so we would appreciate that. Happy Father's Day to every day everybody, all the dads out there. We're, we welcome you and, and uh, it's, it's a very special day. And let me invite you now to let's share uh, stand and let's share the joy of Christ with one another as we greet each other in the name of the Lord.
Let us pray together. Father God, we thank you for your perfect fathering. We praise you because we are fearfully and wonderfully made, shepherded and nurtured, disciplined and challenged so that we can flourish in your purpose for us, so that we may bear our Father's image more fully still. Father God, we thank you for your perfect example. And we praise you because you show all fathers how to love, how to shepherd, how to nurture, how to discipline and challenge so that their sons and daughters can flourish in this world as is your desire. And so that they can carry your presence to all that they meet. Oh God, bless all fathers today. Bless them with wisdom and patience and with courage and above all else, bless them with love for their children. And bless all children today. Bless them with openness and with eagerness to learn and above all with love for their fathers and their mothers. And bless those who are fatherless today. Surround them with godly men to teach, to affirm, and to guide. And above all, to love with the love of a father and your strength. Amen.
were always very faithful with our discipline. So faithful were we once we set uh, whatever the discipline was going to be that I was walking through the house one day picking up, cleaning up some. I heard my oldest daughter on the phone and she was saying, no, you don't understand. If my parents say I'm grounded till a certain time, I don't get off early. It'll be to the minute. (laughs) So in our faithfulness, she always knew that whatever we said, that was it. And it would happen. Our God is also very faithful. He's faithful in our discipline, which can be kind of tough, but it's to teach us something. And that shows his love. He's also very faithful with his love and every promise, every promise he's ever said, it's already been done. So let's stand this morning as we sing about the faithfulness of our Heavenly Father.
Let us pray. Almighty God, Holy Father, Abba, Dad, my goodness, your faithfulness to us morning by morning. All we need you provide. Just the thought of that is overwhelming. You take care of us and love us and are faithful to us every day. Your love is always unconditional, always forgiving, always full of grace. We find peace beyond all understanding in your presence. You give us family and friends. You created this family of brothers and sisters that we call Community Baptist Church. Father God, we thank you for this family. For the dads that reflect your love to light the path of those who need to find their way to you. Bless us as we offer ourselves. Take who we are and what we have. Use us to bless those who need. In the name of the one who showed us the way, Jesus Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. to give birth, and she bore a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him Zechariah after his father. But his mother said, No, he is to be called John. They said to her, None of your relatives has this name. Then they began motioning to his father to find out what name he wanted to give him. He asked him for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And all of them were amazed. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue freed, and he began to speak, praising God. Fear came over all their neighbors, and all these things were talked about throughout the entire hill country of Judea. All who heard them pondered them and said, What then will this child become? For indeed, the hand of the Lord was with him. The child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day he appeared publicly to Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. 
glad that you have a heavenly father that loves you uh, the way God loves us and what would we do without that I heard about a pastor who was quizzing the children during the children's moment about the various influences in their lives and he asked them who taught you how to count and so Tommy piped up and said my dad taught me how to count And the pastor said, great, Tommy, what comes after eight? And Tommy answered with great confidence, nine. Great, said the pastor, what comes after nine? Ten, said Tommy. And what comes after ten, asked the pastor. And Tommy replied, a jack. (laughs) I guess we do learn lots of things from our parents, from our fathers, don't we? Some of the things we may not should learn, but but what would we do without our, our fathers? Sue Monk Kidd was telling the uh, the story of Jonah to her six year old vacation Bible school class, and the the children fell into a discussion about what they would do if they were swallowed by a whale. And so one young fellow declared that I'd start a fire in the whale's stomach and he would cough me out. No, no doubt he was remembering that, that um, uh, famous scene from Walt Disney's uh, Pinocchio. Uh, another young fellow said, well, I would stomp on his tongue until he spit me out. And so the suggestions kind of went like that for several moments. And when suddenly one young girl spoke up and she said... I call my daddy and wait for him to come get me. Isn't that a great answer? That is one fortunate young lady, isn't she? Because she has a daddy that she can trust to be there when she's stuck in a whale of a situation. Today's Father's Day. And never has there been a time when Christian fathers were more important than they are today. And so we we honor our fathers. All of you who are fathers or father figures or anyone who has a father or who had a father or father figure in your life, let me invite you to stand up for a moment. If you're able, come. 
Let us honor these important people in our lives, our fathers and those father figures that have made such a huge impact on our lives. Let's give them a hand of applause. Thank you. Thank you. You may be seated. We want to say to you that we love you, we care for you, and we thank you for all that you put up with. Uh, And we're grateful for you. You know, if we're lucky, family life can be one of the most rewarding and the most heart-filling experiences of our lives. But unfortunately, that is not true for everyone, is it? For some people, family life is filled with drama and a perennial case of chaos. And there are others who would love to have a family life, and they have so much love to give, and they would make wonderful parents, but Mother Nature does not cooperate, and they are denied that opportunity. Some will choose adoption. Others will choose to focus on each other and accept their childless state, like Elizabeth and Zechariah. Elizabeth and Zechariah were an older couple who had no children. I want to give you the back story a little bit from the story that was read uh, just a few moments ago. Zechariah was a priest. He was from the tribe of Levi. All the priests came from the tribe of Levi. And Zechariah's name means Yahweh remembers. God remembers. We don't know exactly where they lived. Luke just tells us that they were somewhere in the hill country of Judea. And the Bible describes Zechariah and Elizabeth as righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. Elizabeth also was from the tribe of Levi, so she may have been a preacher's kid. A match made in heaven, you might think. Except for one thing, they had no children, and they wanted to have children. Now, they were a devoted couple. They were devoted to God and to one another, but they did not have the joy of having a little one running around the house. And and now they had reached the age where it was unrealistic to expect to have any children, and so they had accepted that, and they learned to cope with it. Yet still, their pain was great. In biblical days, the inability to have children was regarded to be a great tragedy. And even among some people, it was a sign that they were being punished by God. You see, children were understood to be a blessing from God for three very important reasons. First of all, children would carry on the family name. Secondly, children would, would perpetuate the, uh, God's covenant with Israel. And finally, children provided care for their parents in old age. They didn't have Social Security back then. They were no, there was no such thing as 401Ks or IRAs. You depended on your family for that. So you can understand that the lack of a child in their home was a huge disappointment to Zechariah and for Elizabeth. But what could they do? They couldn't do anything. But God could. Well, it came time for Zechariah to take his terms serving in the temple in Jerusalem. And so he went up to Jerusalem. He was serving his, his stint as a, as a priest in the temple there. And Zechariah was chosen by Lot to enter into the sanctuary of the Lord to offer a sacrifice of incense before the Lord. And for Zechariah, this is not something that happened every day. This was a life, a once in a lifetime opportunity. To be in the sanctuary of the Lord was to be in the very presence of God. And so there was Zechariah burning incense in the sanctuary of the Lord. And there was a great multitude of people praying just outside. And at that moment, an angel appeared to Zechariah. And it frightened him. Have you ever noticed that whenever people in the Bible meet angels, the first thing that the angel says is, Don't be afraid. Fear not. 
Evidently, meeting an angel can be somewhat unsettling. But the angel said to Zechariah, don't be afraid. Your prayer has been heard, he said. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall name him John. And then the angel went on to say that John would be a great man, full of the Holy Spirit from the day of his birth. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Then the angel said something even more extraordinary. He told Zechariah that their child would be the long-awaited messenger who would announce the coming of the Messiah. Their son would fulfill the prophecy in the Old Testament book of of Malachi, which says, I will send my messenger to prepare the way for you, or for me. John the Baptist was that messenger sent by God to prepare the people for the coming of the Messiah. What an extraordinary message that was from God. However, evidently Zechariah was one of those guys that had a hard time accepting things on faith. I I think he must have been from Missouri. He was one of those show-me kind of people. You know what I mean. And so he asked for a sign. He says, how shall I know this? For I'm old. I'm an old man. And my wife is old too. Just as an aside... Stepping out of my pulpit for a minute, just as an aside, let me make a suggestion that if an angel appears to you and gives you some news, don't question it. (laughs) Zechariah asked for a sign, and he got one. You see, the angel told Zechariah that he would be speechless until all of these things came to be. He wouldn't be able to say a word until all of these things came to be. So here was poor Zechariah in the temple. It was his duty to come out of the sanctuary after offering the incense to the Lord and bless the people waiting outside. But he couldn't speak. And furthermore, he was late, very late, coming out of the temple. And so when he did come out, everybody knew that something had happened in there. And they realized that this old priest had seen a vision or something in there. I mean, when a preacher is struck speechless in a church, surely something significant has taken place. And so Zechariah tried to communicate with the people, making signs with his hands, and uh, did the best that he could. And they realized that something happened in there, in there but they didn't know what was, what was going on. And then he went on home. And can you imagine the scene when he got home? I imagine it would have been pretty amusing to see him pantomiming to Elizabeth that in her advanced years, she would conceive and bear a son who would grow up to be a very special man. It was probably a pretty funny scene, but also very sobering. And that night, I'm sure that they clung to one another in both joy and in disbelief. Well, everything happened just the way the angel said it would happen. Elizabeth became pregnant. And she was filled with so much joy that she sang out, Now at last the Lord has helped me. And you might have thought that that God would have chosen somebody else to be the parents of John the Baptist. I mean, why them? He could have... This this was the chosen one who would prepare the people of Israel for the coming of the Messiah. He could have chosen a younger couple. He could have chosen a more energetic, energetic couple for the task, but, but God is full of surprises, isn't God? You see, what God was looking for was not so much the external circumstances of this family life. What God was looking for was their faith. Well, Elizabeth stayed in seclusion for about five months while she waited for her child to be born. I guess during that time when she showed. And, and, and we're not told why this happened, but I'm thinking she probably was a little bit embarrassed. I mean, being pregnant at her age? 
I mean, all of her friends were grandmothers by now, and here she was preparing to have her first child. It was a bit much to, to handle. And soon enough, Elizabeth and Zechariah's baby was born, and on the, on the day of circumcision, which took place eight days after his birth, it was time to give him a name. And their friends suggested that they name him Zeke Jr. But Elizabeth said, no, we're going to call him John. And everybody says, John? None of your relatives are named John. Why are you going to call him John? And so they asked Zechariah what he would name the child. And he asked uh, for a tablet and he wrote, his name is John. And immediately after he wrote this on the tablet, Zechariah's mouth was opened and his tongue was set free and he began to speak. He began to praise God. And all of their neighbors were filled with awe. And the story spread all throughout the area. And Luke says that everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. And at that point, old Zechariah began to sing. And I really can't blame him. It's kind of hard for a preacher to go nine months without saying a word. And so here's a part of what he sang. He said, sing to this newborn child. And you, my child, you will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for Him, to give His people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God. Our God who causes the sun to shine on those living in darkness and on those in the shadow of death. Our God who, who guides our feet into the path of peace. And then Luke says, And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly in Israel. My friends, we learn from this that God always keeps God's promises. John became a great man. He was filled with the Holy Spirit and he did what God wanted him to do. He prepared the way for the coming of the Messiah. Elizabeth and Zechariah were beside themselves with this child coming into their lives. And you can, you can understand why, can't you? I mean, they had spent so much of their younger days waiting and desiring and experiencing disappointment after disappointment. And then finally the acceptance of the inevitable. And, and then the sudden joy of having a child. They were overwhelmed with love. They were overwhelmed with happiness. And I kind of think that showed up in their family, family life, don't you think? And wouldn't it be great if all children could be greeted with that same kind of enthusiasm in their home? But unfortunately, many are not. One of the great scandals of our society is the prevalence of child abuse. Nearly three million cases in America every year. One child dies every four hours from abuse. And the cost to our society is tremendous. Two-thirds of all prisoners convicted of first-degree murder report that they were abused as children. Eighty percent of all prostitutes report histories of sexual abuse in their families. So folks, if you are the product of a loving and happy home, then you need to give God thanks every day of your life because you have already received the richest blessing that life can give to you. And if you have children of your own, then make these years count. They are fleeting. And you only have a limited time to instill good values in your children's lives. 
And if for any reason you did not come from a happy home, then your road may be a little more rocky. But with God's help and with God's grace, you can overcome. And your greatest need will probably be to experience the unconditional love of your Heavenly Father so that you can pass that on to others. Sam Levinson tells tells a wonderful story about the birth of his first child. He said on that first night the baby was home, he would not stop crying. Just crying and crying and crying. And his wife was frantically flipping through the pages of Dr. Spock to try to find out why do babies cry and what to do about it. And since Dr. Spock's baby book is a rather long book, the baby just cried for a long time. Well, Grandma was in the house, but since she had not read these books on child rearing, she was not consulted. And so the baby just kept on crying until finally Grandma said, put the book down and pick the baby up. Good advice. And I'm sure that Zechariah and Elizabeth gave their son a lot of love. Picked that baby up a lot. But they also gave their son a grounding in their faith. And that's why he became a great messenger of God. Elizabeth and Zechariah were selected to parent this child because of their faith in God. They were not affluent. They were not young and beautiful. All they had was their faith. But that's all they needed. You see, happy families don't just happen. They, they're they a part of a package. It, it has to do with a commitment to God and a commitment to one another. And faith was so important to Elizabeth and Zechariah. And so they taught their son to trust in God as well. However, I want you to notice that their faith did not protect them from pain. There are some preachers that you see on TV these days that will tell you that faith means that you'll be in, you will be continually happy and that nothing bad will ever happen to you. I got news for you. Wrong. That's not true. It certainly wasn't true for this family. We see this story does not have a happy ending. Elizabeth and Zechariah probably did not live long enough to see their son begin his public ministry. He was known throughout the region as John the Baptist because he baptized his converts in the Jordan River. And great multitudes of people came to him from all over to to hear him preach. And, And even Jesus was baptized by John. I mean, think about that. Elizabeth and Zechariah's boy baptized the Messiah. And so it's clear that that John fulfilled his purpose. He prepared the way for the Lord. His parents would have been so proud. Yet still, John's life was taken from him when he was just a young man, probably around 30 years old. He was executed by Herod for confronting a corrupt ruler. Let's hope that Zechariah and Elizabeth didn't live long enough to see him die that cruel death. As an old Yiddish proverb says, little children disturb your sleep, big children disturb your life. My friends, to have a baby implies a, a risk. It is the risk of loss. And some of you know what I'm talking about. Some parents lose children as infants. Some while a child is a teenager and still others after a child has reached adulthood. But regardless of when it happens, it brings indescribable pain. And at times like that, all you can do is to believe in God who loves you more than anything else. Who loves you as a father loves a child and even more. And whose care is always eternal. Elizabeth and Zechariah played a critical role in God's plan. And in some, some ways, they were probably very ordinary people. And yet, God used them in an extraordinary way. 
And you know something? That can happen to you as well. When you trust in God. And when you're committed to one another. And you, when you are committed to the child or to the children that God has blessed you with. So if you're fortunate enough to have children of your own or children within your circle of influence, make the best of it. And chances are those offspring will be a blessing to you and hopefully a blessing to the world like John was. Amen. We've come to that portion of our service where we will will observe communion. I'll ask our deacons to come forward uh, to take your place and prepare for our our communion. And as they are coming, um, I'll give you a little instructions here about what how we will do this. Uh, first of all, let me say that all are welcome at the table of the Lord. Everyone is welcome at the table of, of the Lord. Uh, in my reading of the Gospels, I, 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 I read that Jesus loved everyone. And I've never, you can go ahead and sit down. I've never seen anything in the Gospels that says that Jesus turned any away, anybody away. And we are Jesus kind of people. We love everyone. And we will never turn anyone away. Because we are all together, all of us together. We are God's family. The way we will do this, we'll begin at the back and ask you to come down the middle aisle. Come forward down the middle aisle in just a moment. There will be two lines here at the front. One of our deacons will have a piece of bread and, and another will have a cup. And you'll take the, the piece of bread and then move to the cup and dip the bread into the cup. And then eat the bread that has been soaked in the, in the fruit of the vine. And then re- return to your seats by the side aisles. If you can't come forward or if you prefer to remain where you are, we'll have some deacons who will serve you at your seat. As we mentioned... Let us sing together our closing hymn, Be Thou My Vision. What a wonderful way to celebrate Father's Day. What a wonderful way to remember the family that we belong to. We are part of the family of God. A God who loves us so, so dear. Let us stand there. Sing together. seated